Hello, my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. And welcome to Conversation with Two Geeks, the podcast where we talk about movies, conversation, everything in between. So, hi, uh, we've been away for a bit. So today's episode is going to run a bit differently rather than our usual format. It's going to be a combination of three things, the stuff we miss, such as our thoughts on Loki, Black Widow, and, Gun- and Netflix's Gunpowder Milkshake, news stories from last week that we missed, and news stories and recommendations from this week. Yep, and please feel free to follow us on all our social media pages. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. That's with the number two. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. That is spelled all the way out. And also, if you feel like emailing us about anything from this episode or previous episodes, we are at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. We have a link to all of this in the show notes. Yeah, as I said before, we, we've been out for a second. It's mostly on me because I was on set for a couple of days. And for the last two weekends that so we weren't able to record. So yeah, but I'm done with that now. So yeah, how are how are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, hanging in there. How are you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm just finally happy to be done with what I had to get done. And now yeah. I'm back doing this because honestly, I kind of missed this for the last two weeks. Yeah, I missed it too. It was nice to have a little bit of a break, to be honest. But it, it, I'm glad that we're back recording. Yeah. Especially because we have some stuff to, that I want to talk about. Yeah, specifically, um, let's get into Loki, shall we? Yeah, let's start. <laughs> so episodes five and six aired within the last two weekends. And oh boy, um, these are probably some of the best episodes of the show. I mean, we got classic Loki, boastful Loki, kid Loki, president Loki, and then um, everyone's favorite uh, everyone's favorite Loki, like alligator Loki. Oh man, Loki was a wild it was a ride mm-hmm. i really like that episode where we see all the different loki's when he's um <laughs> in that area i forgot the name of the uh, the void the void um because it was just cool um and it was just cool to see him interact with all the different loki's and mm-hmm. i the alligator loki is just something else it's it's i don't know <laughs> it's just yeah yeah and then like and then we find out that mobius actually survived and Mm-hmm. survived and um all of them like work together to, like to defeat like whatever the alive thing is which they do mm-hmm. and it leads us into the next episode where we meet where i i didn't know they were gonna do this and also these are it's pretty much gonna be a spoiler filled territory so if you have not yeah. seen the show or what what are you doing what 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 sincerely what what are you doing listening to this so my my thing before we get into this my thing is i know there's a lot of content but I really think everybody's going to have to start watching the shows if they want to keep up with what's going on in Marvel. Because yeah. they are connecting a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm just, like, I didn't think they'd be this connected, but they they, they really are. So. Yeah, they're, they're connecting much more than we think. But, yeah, um, this leads us into who us meeting Kang and honestly I didn't think that they were going to do this like I honestly thought it was going to be King Loki because we had seen some footage um but apparently that's from like from like episode two or something and like we had seen some footage of like King Loki I thought okay this is how we're going to do it we're going to have him like meet up with you know his original version and like what if he did succeed and stuff and I thought we were going to do that instead we we meet Kang and I was kind of, and again, I was kind of shocked by this and how, and I love Jonathan Majors. He did a great job with the role and I can't wait to see him in um, Ant-Man 3 and stuff. And just, oh my God, this this does so many things. And then also, this also opens the multiverse and it literally kicks it open to a point now where we know like how, like we kind of know how uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is going to 
work out and then also just we're 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 in the multiversal saga and stuff that we'll talk about later like what if i think is gonna be more and more important than what we initially thought it was gonna be so oh boy and then not only that we we the ending which was very planned the apes like leads us into another season which we which to be honest we kind of already knew or at least i because we already knew that michael walter had signed a new deal i mean he's already in addition like writing multiversal madness he's also going to be pretty um writing the new uh kevin feige produced star wars film so yeah no yeah yeah no what were your thoughts on this because okay first of all um i didn't realize it was king when i was watching it and then i was watching review videos afterwards so i'm like oh crap i like so as you guys i think know i have very limited knowledge of comics from marvel like Mm -hmm. that's just i that's just my thing. I, I like I have limited comic knowledge in general of a mm-hmm. lot of things. So um, I do remember hearing that they were going to be starting to set up King as kind of the next big bag, as yeah. you will. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't realize that. But when I went back, I'm like, oh, so they used Loki, the show, his final his episode of the, the final episode of the season to set him up mm-hmm. for for the future. And yeah. I really think that was actually kind of a cool move to do because we got to spend a little bit of time with that. Well, like, I guess his variant. His var- met, that like, variant the, version. Yeah, that version of him because we haven't met, like, the Conqueror version or the one that I am that I think we're going to mm-hmm. be, like, having to deal with later uh-huh. on. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting uh, way to do it. And I think that was kind of smart because it kind of gives you... And the, just the amount of time we spend, we realize how, like, I guess just kind of a little bit about him and stuff, his story mm-hmm. and, like, what he's been doing and all this stuff. And then mm-hmm. then it leads into all the multi the multiverse opening up, which is going to be – this is why I'm kind of glad I stuck with the CW shows for as long as I did because now <laughs> I'm not so as lost with the yeah, multiverse. Yeah, like, I, I imagine – I like, kind of get it now. Yeah, because I – because now, because you know, as CW watchers, we we kind of get it. Oh, like oh, that's that's the multiverse, right? Like, casual, I'd be like, wait, what the heck? And I I feel bad for Marvel fans who haven't read the comics who are going into this. They're gonna like yeah, because oh, I. But honestly, um, like feel free to DM us or anything because there's a bunch mm-hmm. of awesome videos from other creators on YouTube and mm-hmm. like podcasts and stuff who really like they know their stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you want, like, well, I'll sh- I'll shout out some links on maybe on Twitter or something. Yeah. So like, if you guys want to look at those videos, because mm-hmm. it's gonna get a little bit crazy in here coming up in this phase. It's it's gonna be wild. Um, yeah. Um. Like, yeah. I don't know all the Marvel multiverse stuff, but I'm at least like with DC, I'm at least familiar with Crisis and stuff. So like, I kind of know what they're doing. Yeah. And all I- the like craziness that can happen. Yeah. I for me, like, I've always been a. a- um, a bit of a more casual comic reader, but I do, I am familiar with the multiverse stuff in it. Uh, there's only really like two sets of universes, but then there are like alternate versions. Like there's the Spider-Man mm-hmm. Noir stuff and all that sort of jazz. So it's not as multiversal as let's say DC is, but it still mm-hmm. can be can be like that. And I do have a feeling that we are potentially going to be linking up to Secret Wars, which is pretty much the Marvel version of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Except it's going to be more like the 2015 version, um, where it where it was pretty much the context back in the 2000s. There was this, there was the um, Marvel Ultimate line 
that uh-huh. later like went up to I think about like um that went kind of like the early 2000s to like about 2010 and stuff. Then in Secret Wars, they kind of combine those two. So now the Ultimate Alliance is part of the 616 universe, and it's a it's it's a whole thing. But yeah, no, oh, wow. um, but yeah, no, it it was kind of like Marvel back in the 2000. I guess I could say back in the day. Back in the day, it was kind of Marvel's attempt at doing like kind of a rebranding slash reboot without necessarily doing one, because mm-hmm. you know the main, main continuity is is the main continuity. But yeah, no, we're we're. But yeah, no, it's, this, it's gonna get crazy. Just stick with it. Look at YouTube videos. There's always awesome people posting stuff if you get confused or lost. But yeah, yeah. Um, my recommendation is stick with the Disney Plus shows because they are mm-hmm. they are going to it's gonna be a big part of the story, which I which I like. Yeah. Um, and it makes me excited for what if now, because like mm-hmm. now the scary thing is though. Disney can do whatever the hell they want now with Marvel because now they've opened up all the possibilities. So it, they, they can really do whatever they want now and they can like, <laughs> and I think what if it's I'm going to be experimenting with doing crazy crap. So it'll be, I, it's going to be fun. I definitely think so. And we'll and we'll get into more what if later when we do the, when we talk about the trailer, but mm-hmm. I'm just imagine Kevin Feige being like, wow. He's probably like, finally, it's all open. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. But yeah. Um, and then also while we were out, um, Black Widow came out. Yes. It so did. so I saw so context. I saw this movie. I was initially planning on seeing this movie Thursday night. And mm-hmm. but then I got um I want to pass to see it the night before. So I saw it essentially like 24 hours before everyone else did. Mm-hmm. And then I and then I went to go see it Saturday after I was done with set. Mm-hmm. And so I saw it three days within three times within a week, and oh my god, I miss seeing a Marvel movie in theaters. I I through that Marvel logo came on the first time, I nearly was in tears. It it was so I saw it in theaters too. My mm-hmm. first movie back in theaters since COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, literally went on a whim. I saw it. Um, what did I see? I saw it last uh, last weekend. So on like Saturday. Mm-hmm. Saw it on Saturday because I was I've been debating whether to go to the theaters or to go see it uh, or to rent it on Disney Plus or do the, the premiere access thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to go to the theater. My theater was not packed. So Everyone was spread out. It was good. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really, really liked this movie. I was mm-hmm. like kind of overwhelmed just sitting there. <laughs> like it was like, oh my gosh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm watching a Marvel movie. Everything feels normal a little bit for like. Two, two and a half hours or whatever yeah um it was i really i really really like this movie um like I... a lot and like like i have a lot of feelings now about black widow and i'm like kind of like annoyed that she's kind of gone but i'm like i'm glad we got this movie though i'm 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 glad as well we should have honestly got this movie well look everyone says we should have got this movie like years ago and mm-hmm. I, I i agree with them that being said, we know why we didn't get this movie. I grow mother. <laughs> the Marvel Boogeyman. I know. I know. It's yeah. I I I agree we should have gotten this maybe a long time ago. Cause I do think that we Scarlet deserved the chance to have her own movie. Mm-hmm. Um and like there is still like there's still a lot that we could have done with her whole whole story and stuff and like that opening credit scene like Holy the whole shit. opening I and into the credits I and then the, the nirvana ex- cover i did not expect it like oh oh god oh lord we're really i going. always knew black widow's backstory was like dark 
and stuff, but like th- it really hit home on this movie. I'm like, oh my god, they're really doing this, and you can easily make parallels, and especially with the villain and stuff, you can mm-hmm. easily make parallels. And honestly, I really have to give credit to um, Kate Shortland, the director on this one, because I didn't expect that, and but also. I should have because she did literally did a movie called Berlin Syndrome in which like Teresa Palmer's kidnapped by um a certain sense. Oh, who's that? You know the actor that plays Wolfgang on Sensei? Uh, something we're gonna talk yeah. about later. He's yeah. in it and he kidnaps Teresa Palmer. <laughs> I'll never be able to watch that. I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty dark and fucked up movie. But yeah, yeah. no, like it it, it kind of reminds as soon as I left the theater, and maybe this and like I have the same feeling that I felt like after I saw Logan. And yeah, and I and kind of in terms of like being like the last hurrah for like Nat slash Scarjo, or at least as far as we know. She, she was actually like, and we'll talk about it later. Like Florence Pugh was amazing, and I love her mm-hmm. and I love her character. But Nat really did a good job in this movie. And mm-hmm. like I know people are like, Florence is like outshining her and stuff i'm like yeah she's like i think i think both of them together Mm -hmm. were like awesome and like i really like my my more frustration is coming like i want more time of them together yeah seeing them be together because i'm like they're so fun and like their dynamic and then just having somebody who like they kind of get like they get each other in a way and it's just like it's a lot and speaking of Scar Joe, I was going to talk about this a bit later, but I might as well talk about this now. I think, look, Scar Joe has made some decisions and has said oh, some yeah. stuff okay, <laughs> that I, I, I will admit that, oh, Lord, she even made something. She even made something that involving a certain creator with the words J and W that I literally can't say his name because I literally get I triggered. triggered. And I do see where she's coming from with that. But at the same time, though, like it's a... Uh, mm, why why did you have to, why did you have to say his name? I know. I know. And, and yeah, I know. And also Ghost in the Shell. And look, she's made some bad career moves, is all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. But I think with this, um, her scene between her and Ray Winstone, who plays General Dracoff, was I think great. And it was just one of those scenes. It reminded me of a scene from actually true romance of all things, um, between James Gandolfini and Patricia Arquette um you y'all know what the scene is and just and and it just i i just really i don't know i just, just thought that that was just a you're really talking good about scene. the scene in the um red and in, in the office and like at the end when yeah she's like yeah t- yeah yeah towards the end but yeah no it's just yeah no that that was just a really good scene a really great acting this way and again also i think scratch does a pretty good job in this movie and yeah and yeah like i and i and i did like her as not like throughout the mcu and stuff and like I, I, I think did we too, but this one she really like I was really like oh we could have gotten more of this nap for so much longer like we got hints of it throughout mm-hmm. her time but I felt like this is the first time where she was like full mm-hmm. on like I don't know like we really were getting her a lot more and it's because she has her own movie yeah. we got to spend a lot more time with her yeah that being said um let's get back to Florence Pugh because Florence Pugh is amazing and right mm-hmm. now she is three thirds Three or three right now. Um, between this Midsummer and Little Women, mm-hmm. and just I I can't wait to see her as Elaine. I can't wait to see her again as Elaine and Hawkeye. Also, we know why she's in Hawkeye. Yeah, we know now, and oh, I have so many feelings about this. 
one hand, there. Okay, so we know there's a subsequent part of people who are like it probably should have been Clint who, who fell and Vormir in Endgame. I'm kind. I I get it. I'm mad that it was Nat. I I really am. Like I am mad that it was Nat, especially now that we see her family. I'm like, oh my god. But and she's now Elonda's going into this being like it's his fault because she's getting and well I. Okay, are we going to talk about, like, the whole post credit scene yet, or... I mean, this is all spoilers, pretty much. Spoilers, okay. Yeah, this, this, this is all spoiler territory. Similar to Loki, we're pretty much just going to be spoiling everything. What's this your episode, name so. from Falcon and Winter Soldier? Um, Valentina. Valentina shows up. Or Val. Or Julia Lee Stryfus. I know. <laughs> at, at Nat's grave in, um, in the post credit scene. By the way, people... Why are you leaving during the credits and during a Marvel movie? I, I don't understand. Like most of my theater left, except for me and like maybe a couple other people. I, I you know, I almost had the same, th- I almost had the same thing, but then some people were like, wait, is there a post credit scene? Yeah, no, like, uh, do you, uh, we have done this for a decade, people. We're almost a decade. Why are you leaving? Like, why are you leaving during the end credits and you're not supposed to leave? Maybe, uh, I know some people just went to the bathroom and stuff, but if you have to go to the restroom, that's fine. And to be honest, people can go watch it on YouTube. Normally those credit scenes end up online somewhere. Yeah, which so. you probably shouldn't do. And yeah, no, you shouldn't do that. But yeah, I know. I, I, I digress. Anyways. Anyway, back to, yeah. So she shows up and mm-hmm. she is like, I got your next target because it looks like Yolanda's working for her now, mm-hmm. which I'm like, oh no. Oh no. I'm like, let's not, can we not? But anyway, so she get, she's like, I have your next target. She hands her, she has like an iPad and shows mm-hmm. her a picture of Clint. And I'm like, okay. Do I want to see him get beat up a little bit by Yolanda? Because Yolanda's like pissed. You mean Elena? How do you say it? Elena. 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 Sorry if I was saying that wrong. Um, and stuff. And oh man, yeah, she's. It's. I wasn't planning on watching Hawkeye. I. I didn't know that one was not where I was like super super into. But now I'm like a little bit more curious of where this is gonna go. See, uh, for, for me with Hawkeye, my main interest was Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop. Yeah, I was, I was interested in that too. Um, so yeah, she's going to be in Hawkeye, probably going to beat up Clint a little bit because she's upset. And yeah. um, I'm just really excited to see her get more involved in Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. I really hope after Hawkeye, she sticks around. I'm like hoping... No, they they probably I have her to her in this. She they was, probably have signed a very nice a very nice lucrative contract with her. I hope with Lawrence so, Pugh. because it'd be one. She's a rising like she's becoming a very she's rising very quickly mm-hmm. as a star up in Hollywood. So it'd be dub if Marvel wasn't like okay, we need to get this girl on contract at least for a little bit. Oh yeah, no, um, they they probably have they probably have. Yeah, um, I mean, I wouldn't be downing Kevin Feige if they haven't. Yeah. So I'm just excited to see her. Like she was so funny in this movie. Like yeah, no, her she, and her, Alexi her... were the comedic relief. And I had I I knew he probably would have been. I was not expecting her to be as funny as yeah, she was. Yeah, like her thing with Natasha's like pose. Posing. Why 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 do you do this pose? Pose. And then like she did it and she's just like, oh, that's disgusting. Okay, I thought the one in the gas station when she's like when she's with Natasha and she's like making fun of her doing it 
was funny but when she does it at the end when she comes out of the vet or whatever she's in and she just drops down and she's like oh disgusting i was like oh my gosh you need to stop also her her like her and her country and interaction like with the vest and stuff be like i can't talk about the vest because i get upset because now i'm like that's what nat was wearing in infinity war and i'm just like oh no yeah also, yeah. l- also, I-, I think if I can confirm this recently, but she got blipped. Like I was literally about to ask because I've been seeing a bunch of stuff pop up. Because now I feel less afraid to go on to online because of spoilers. But um, yeah, people have a lot of theories if she was blipped or not. I think she. And, I think she was. I think she, Alexia, Molina were blipped. You think all three of them? I think all three. Hmm. I could I could see that. I really like the whole family dynamic too. Like oh yeah, movie. especially with David Harbour and Rachel Wise, which again mm-hmm. leads us in David Harbour and Rachel Wise. Um, really enjoyed them. Just I love I love their I, I, reunion I, scene at the table mm-hmm. was so good. Yeah, and I just I just love that they were just especially Harbour and Wise. They were just playing off like um like husband and wife, and then like the two kids, and they're just like oh we hate our parents. Oh man, it was it it was so good. Like as I think that's why I'm so upset. It's like I want more, not just of the sisters, but like of this whole weird, di- like kind of slightly dis- dysfunctional family, like interaction stuff. Because I don't know why, but they work together, all four of them, and it's like it's crazy. But yeah, yeah. it it was so, it was so good. I loved all of it. I, can we talk about how Nat survived like 90% of those falls in this movie though? <laughs> like, yeah, they probably got well, and this is somewhat confirmed by Alexi, but they got a version of the, the of the serum, of the super soldier serum. There have she had to have because some of those falls she took, there's just no way she would have been able to get up. Like even the one at the beginning, like right after she uh, uh reconnected with um uh, her sister, like and she they fall off of that like that tower thing that's pushing off the building and she like fall i'm like and she gets up like nothing kind of she's obviously injured but like she just able to get up and walk i'm like i mean there's no way like you like literally look like you broke your back like five times and the car like the car explosions too again super uh yeah two things super um, serum yeah for sure super serum and then also we're, we're playing with passive furious roles here yeah for sure. Which is funny, and viewers can't see this, but I'm actually wearing a Fast and Furious shirt. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I love the, I, I, like, I I knew I would like this movie. I didn't expect to like it as, like, as much as I did, and, like, actually, like, honestly, I thought it was a really good send-off for Nat, and a really good intro to her mm-hmm. sister, because now I feel like... yeah, I don't know how they were able to pull that off, but I really think they did a good job on that yeah. front. Yeah. Now, I there's one thing I probably think we should address and just say our just in general thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so on to the Taskmaster controversy, because okay. I personally didn't mind it. I understand why people have an issue. The, okay, then again, I understand why people have an issue with it as if they were just to change it, just to change it, I would be like, yeah, it get, yeah, I get it. But here it works. And I think the reason why it works is because it informs Natasha's character arc and gives it like a physical representation. Mm-hmm. My, okay, so I listened to a podcast about this um, mm-hmm. a little bit, and they got to the taskmaster task master stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the one podcast I listened to, I can't remember the name of it. Um, basically, from what I can gather, is 
Taskmaster is supposed to be a much bigger character. And I think that they felt like what they did with him and what did with the character in the movie doesn't align with that. And I get that they're frustrated in that point. It's not even so much of like what they decided to do. It's more of like he pops up, I guess, in everybody's story. I I will okay. I will. Like I get that, but I also think what they did was worked really well. I will say on the comic side, at least from what I've been able to gather, he's mostly a C tier villain. I don't know. That's what that's (laughs) what I'm assuming most of the frustration is. I think Mm -hmm. it worked Mm -hmm. because it kind of. worked with Nat's story and it actually was a like it wasn't like an overt like arc for Nat but like Mm -hmm. well it was but like it was good I thought it worked with Nat's story and her whole thing yeah and that she kind of got um closure a little bit at the end yeah again overall I dug it it's currently in my top 15 for the MCU so Mm -hmm. I really really liked it yeah anyways moving on to our net um Moving on to something that we both have seen, uh, Gunpowder Milkshake on Netflix. Yes. Uh, this has uh, Karen Gillian, aka Nebula, um, mm-hmm. Cersei, uh, Cersei I, sorry, I mean Linda Handley, uh, Angela Freaking Bassett, Michelle Yeoh, and Carla Gugino. And I dug this movie for the most part. Like, I didn't know what to, I, I, I think we had seen a trailer and something. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I dug this movie. I watched it last night. Uh, I love the cinematography from, from Michael Serrett. Um, Serenstein, who also did the recent Planet of the Apes film and the production design was incredible from David uh, Sherman, who also did Atomic Blind Deadpool 2. And back to the cast real quick, I really enjoyed them. Like, I love the three librarians as well as Nebula. Um, I mean, Amy, Jesus Christ. Karen Gillan. I am so sorry. Karen Gillan is her name. But, uh, and the reason why I keep getting that confused because before she wound up becoming Nebula, I watched Doctor Who and she was Amy Pond on there. So it's mm-hmm. like, Jesus who I think we need to appreciate her more often. I, I feel like she maybe has gone underrated a little bit. And like, we, we need to sit down and appreciate her. And just, yeah. Also, the action sequences were pretty gnarly. I think my favorite fights were the bowling alley, the library, and the diner fights. And it very much reminded me of like John Wick and stuff. Yeah, the action sequences were really well choreographed, but were like brutal. Like some of them are pretty brutal. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Karen was really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. um i do agree I, I like i hope that we appreciate her a little bit more i it's, i feel like we it's not that we don't but i feel like i don't know why but like when i always forget she's in the mcu i don't know why i don't know if it's because the makeup because like we don't see it like she doesn't look like her like mm-hmm. i guess like yeah i know her I, my first exposure to her was amy too on doctor who and oh she was phenomenal on that yeah. um but I really liked it too. I liked all the fight scenes. Um, I thought that they all did really good. All the action was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like, it was a fun, like, shooter. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it, but like, it, and I, it, I do get the like the John Wick vibes for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And stuff. I just really liked it too. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I definitely recommend checking this one out. It's on Netflix. And Oops. yeah. So now we move on to the new stories that we missed, and oh god, we we missed we missed a bit. Um, yeah, we did. Yeah. Anyways, all right, and on to our first item for the day. Yeah. Tuesday the thirteenth, nominations for the um, this year's Emmy Awards were announced with HBO and HBO Max combined to take in a leading one hundred thirty total nominations, followed closely by Netflix with one hundred twenty nine, and third place was Disney Plus with seventy one nominations and second 
year of eligibility with four place going to NBC with 43 nominations. Notable programs include um, included Netflix is The Crown, Disney Plus is The Mandalorian, tied for a leading 24 nominations each, followed by Marvel and Disney Plus's WandaVision with 23 nominations, including nominations for Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany uh, for acting, and Hulu's The Handman's Kill with 21 nominations. Other programs have got some major recognitions, including Apple TV Plus is Ted Lasso with 20, with 20 nominations. Yay. Um, HBO, mm-hmm. HBO's Lovecraft Country with 18 nominations. Netflix is The Queen Gambit with eight, another 18 nominations. And HBO, HBO's Mayor of Easttown with 16 nominations. So, yeah, I know. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this, Jamie? Um, I think good. Um, I'm, I'm really glad. What? I, I, I forgot, like, what... Um, I'm really glad for WandaVision because I thought um, Elizabeth Olsen and uh, Paul Bettany did a fantastic job. So I'm yeah. glad that they're getting recognition for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice to see like superhero stuff get recognition because yeah, like, I wasn't expecting for acting because most of the time they don't. They get it for like the special effects and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but not really so much for the acting. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, especially with like WandaVision and stuff and like. Mm-hmm. That really, that really was like okay. That that was a game changer. I'm also surprised at the Mandalorian. I know Mandalorian kind of got a similar thing last year, mm-hmm. but um, but here it got it got some more more nods and stuff, which is which that's is cool nice, too. Which is nice. I I always have a feeling that the Emmys are much more genre friendly than like let's say the Oscars, for example. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm very happy for Ted Lasso because <laughs> I love that show. And if you've not seen season one, go and watch season one. It's worth the Apple Plus subscription. Apple TV Plus subscription, it's just... Mm. Yep. Um, I'm excited for Mayor of Easttown because I thought that was really good for HBO. It's so good. It's dark, though. So if you watch it, just know it's it's gritty. It's not, like, a light show to watch. Yeah. And then also, with Lovecraft Country, again, um, I'm not going to talk too much about the show because I've only really seen the first few episodes. HBO made a dumbass decision canceling it. They made a really dumbass decision. I know they did. And just, I imagine just an accountant or someone there, an executive there, is probably like, "Oh, we fucked up. We fucked up majorly." I know it. It's. I know. I know it sucks. Yeah. I don't understand these networks canceling like some of their like more beloved shows. I don't get it. And I will talk more about this when we talk about Sensei because it like rewatch like. I'll talk more about that later, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I get you. I, I don't know. Some, I don't know. I don't know who it is. And, and I, I look, War- nah, I'm not, I'm not going to defend Warner's because I was going to say like, oh, Warner's <laughs> has gone through a lot this year, but then also realized, yeah, they kind of, they, they kind of deserve it. But yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic, an exclusive from Deadline reports that Marvel Studios will not be appearing at San Diego Comic-Con, which will be a virtual effect of Comic-Con at home uh, this year, nor will uh, Warner Brothers DC Films Division. This will be the second year that Marvel has not attended since the pandemic. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Jamie? Um, I mean, it, I think it's fine, honestly, especially after DC fandom, I really <laughs> feel like it'd be it might be better if they just did their own convention like once a year or did their own thing once a year mm-hmm. kind of like that um i mean it's gonna suck for comic-con because like those are two huge things um mm-hmm. they give them a lot of press but i mean hope it's not gone yet so um yeah. i i think it makes sense you yeah. know and the fact that it's gonna be at home because i do know that the numbers for when it was at home last year were really low and i think it's just gonna continue and i mean yeah 
I mean, I know things are starting to open back up. I'm, I'm knocking on wood because, because uh, you know, things are hectic. But at the same time, no, I just imagine like you, you, Marvel's just like, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll release stuff. We got our own events. We got our investor day. We got our D23. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll wait till everything kind of clears up. Yeah. So it's smart. Cause like, like you said, Marvel has D20 or Disney has D23. DC has DC fandom, which I'm assuming they're going to probably try to do another one. But... I believe they're doing one in October this year. Yeah. So it's like they'll get all their press then, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like both of them are obviously very successful. Like we all know when those come out, we follow this too. So yeah, I mean, our, literally our whole entire second episode was that. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. We got a new trailer for What If. Uh, the synopsis reads, What If flips the script on the MCU, reimagining famous events from the films in unexpected ways. Marvel Studios is the first animated series focused on different heroes from the MCU, featuring a voice cast, and includes a host of stars who are prized their roles, including Haley Atwell, Karen Gillan, Samuel Jackson, Paul Rudd, Jeff Goldblum, Mark Ruffalo, Seth Green, Michael B. Jordan, Sebastian Sand, Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Jeremy Renner, Michael Douglas, Tom Hiddleston, Michael Rooker, Taika Waititi, with Jeremy, um, not Jeremy Renner, but Jeremy Wright as Utah the Watcher, and in his last performance, Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, Wakanda Forever, may he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, what if is slated to drop on August 11th on Disney Plus? So, um, this this just became a whole lot more interesting now that we just got done with Loki. Yeah, and like I am, uh, yeah, it really like it, it's so funny that like we finished Loki, and then I did we get this after Loki? I think we either got this Loki or the same day that the Loki finale was going to happen. Yeah, because like now I'm just like, oh, okay. So like this is gonna be them starting to experiment with different things before they start decide to do live action stuff or mm-hmm. we see live action stuff, I should say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. gonna it's gonna, it's the cast is good too. I'm 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 excited to see all the different changes and stuff and um yeah, I'm yeah. excited. And then also let's not let's not forget also we also have a multiverse of madness coming out and i'm already hearing stuff that's kind of connected to this about uh what's going to happen to that so this, this is going to get crazy multiverse of madness is going to be freaking insane mm-hmm. and it's i feel so bad for dr strange coming up because he's going to be like what the hell did you all do it's he's like literally going to be like I feel so bad. He's gonna be like pulling his hair. He's gonna be like, "What the hell, guys?" No, no wonder why he's getting gray. No, for real. Oh man. Be like, I gotta deal with these damn, these damn um, variants and stuff. And Jesus Christ, what did, what did you do, Loki? What did you do, Wanda? Oh God, yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. Uh, we got a trailer for Encanto. Synopsis reads: Encanto tells the story of the extraordinary family, the Margios who live hidden in the mountains of Colombia in a magical house in a vibrant town in a wonderful charm place called an Encanto. The magic of the Encanto has blessed every child in the family with a unique gig from super strength to the power uh, to heal every child except one, um, Maribel, who will be voiced by Rosa, I mean Stephanie Beatrice. Uh, but when she discovers that the magic surrounding the Encanto is in danger, Maribel decides that she, the only ordinary material, might just be her exceptional family's last hope. The film features all new music from Emmy, Grammy, and Tony Award winner Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, 
and it's direct um, and it's directed by uh, the Zootopia director Brian Howard and Jared Bush alongside Car- Carissa Castro Smith. Encanto is slated for release on November 24, 2021. So what did you think of this trailer? It looks super cute. Like, I really like the animation style. I thought it looks really nice. Um, I like that it's, it's kind of a new thing that we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. A new uh, movie mm-hmm. or show. It's a movie, right? Yeah. It's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah. Um, I like the synopsis of it. Um, I really like that um, Stephanie Beatrice is doing Bro, a lot more that? stuff. <laughs> hey. It's awesome. I, and um, also, I this is her. Her, um, just to chime in a little bit, this is also her second collaboration with Lynn Manuel because she was in In the Heights. And like the music is going to be awesome because Lynn's doing it and Lynn's a, a genius. So the music is going to be catchy. So just mm-hmm. prepare for new songs to get stuck in your head. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I, I it looks awesome. I think it's gonna be cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited for this one. This one just again for the same reasons you just mentioned, and also stuffy Beatrice and stuff, and just yeah, no, I'm 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 in. I'm in. I'm in. They already have my money. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next item, we got a trailer for Turning Red. The synopsis reads: In Turning Red, Meili, voice uh, Roselia Chang, uh, is a confident, dorky, thirteen-year-old torn between staying her mother's names, voiced by Sandra Oh, dutiful daughter, and the chaos of adolescence. And if changes to her interests, relationships, and body weren't enough, whenever she gets too excited, which for a teenager practically always, she poops into a giant red panda. The film will be directed by Don Shi, who did the Pixar short Bay you know that one um mm-hmm. if you've seen it uh, and it's slated for release on march 11 2022 jamie what did you think of this trailer that was sandra os the mom yes oh that's awesome um i love her um it looks really cute i love red pandas um <laughs> that's mostly from cora because of um bolin's little red uh, panda friend uh, uh. so cute um it's gonna it looks cute it looks funny i don't know how, i'm like interested in like how, why does she turn into a red panda like i mean not like a small little baby panda but like a big panda. i mean it it i mean i know it says pretty much gets she whenever she gets excited but also like anxiety yeah it's it that there's gonna be a lot of i think to do with that yeah so it's like, gonna be interesting yeah like when i was watching the trailer i just i as soon as she started crying i'm like oh i want to give her a hug yeah. The anxiety so yeah no i'm i'm in i'm in for this um also i just i, I get i think we've now reached the point where we're now using 2000 songs and just like yes yes we are using backstreet uh, backstreet boys and just <laughs> just my heart is full and just oh man yeah, yeah no i i love i love that's that. crazy that we're in like that part of like that we've gotten to that stage it's so crazy I mean, yeah, it, it pretty much is. I mean, just maybe because I'm a child of the 2000s because I was born in 99, but it's like the 2000s were my music. Like, but then again, also, I was listening, I was, side note, I was working on some stuff last night and like I was listening to the, like, the rock and most of the rock is very emo. And I just realized, oh my God, this actually explains several things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm digging this, and I, I can't wait to see um, how dumb she does this because I really enjoyed that. Because that short bow, oh my god, that was really good. No, it was really good. I'm I'm excited for it too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next topic, an exclusive from Deadline reveals that the 
that Oscar-nominated actor Antonio Banderas has closed a deal to join the next installment of the Indiana Jones franchise, joining its huge ensemble cast, consisting of Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Matt Nicholson, Boyd Holbrook, and Seanette uh, Renee Wilson. However, plot details on whom Banderas will be playing is currently under wraps. The film will be directed by Logan Ford Fiverr director Jane Mankel, replacing its franchise helmer Steven Spielberg, and it's slated for a July 29, 20 release date. What do you think of this news? Because I love it. It's really cool. It's really cool. I'm trying to remember the last thing I saw Antonio Banderas in oh. besides Spy Kids. <laughs> it's like, that's I where it... I know him from because that's when I first saw him as a eight-year-old child watching Spy Kids. I, I think for me, it's a combination of three things. The dad from Spy Kids, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Puss in Boots and... Mm-hmm. And uh, I always forget he's Puss in Boots, and yeah, then I'm like, Puss, oh yeah, that makes so much sense. Puss in Boots, and um, some of Rod- Robert Rodriguez's earlier movies, especially um, El- uh, especially Desperado. Mm-hmm. Desperado, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I just uh, that man, that man is just, mm. and it's interesting that he's joining this, especially given that they're still f- that they're currently filming this right now. Yeah, I, it is interesting. Um... Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of crazy, like mm-hmm. that this hadn't leaked before. Now this is when they were intended to like release this news. Um, mm-hmm. As it is weird that he wasn't announced like with the rest of the cast. Um, mm-hmm. You think they would? Because I think Antonio most Banderas. people like him. You know. Yeah, and, it, it, it's Antonio Banderas. Yeah. So I don't know. It's very, it's very interesting. I wonder if he's like replacing somebody or something. Maybe. I, 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 my guess is it's probably going to be, uh, I think my guess is it's probably going to be a role similar to like uh, John, John Rice Days with um, Salah, I believe his name is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a small supporting role or at least someone that is in the, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really digging on this one and I'm really, I'm excited, but yeah. That is very cool. Yeah. Anyways. um So moving on to our next topic, we kind of got an update on the Piercy Jackson TV series. According to his blog, Rick Riordan, the author of the Piercy Jackson Olympians book series, has announced three additional writers for the upcoming TV series set to air on Disney Plus, with the writers being Daphne Olive, who have worked with showrunners John Steinberg and Dan Schantz on several of their previous shows, including Black Sales, Monica Awenzu Breen, who's best known for her work on Lost Fringe and Angel Shield, among, us, among, uh, among others, including like Alias and Charm, and and Joe Trace, who, in addition to being writer and story editor on Netflix's A Series of Unfortunate Events, is also responsible for preparing a musical adaptation of The Lightning Thief, which I didn't know that there was any Percy Jackson musical around. <laughs> I gonna... feel like I heard that before, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, just... Yeah. I'm just... Yeah. Also, Warren gave us an update in the writing process in which he and Steinberg have co- in which he and Steinberg have co-written the script for the pilot episode and at, as well as outlining the first season. Now they're outlining episodes two and three with the writer's room creating the scripts for the rest of the season. So it looks like this is this is chugging along very nicely. I really so context. Um, I'm a very, very casual Percy Jackson fan. I'm not like a diehard. Um, fan I hadn't read the books I, I've seen the movies um, but but I know a little bit of how passionate and how much their those fans really want a good adaptation of the story mm-hmm. and the fact that um, Rick Gordon is sticking around and is like like they're outlined they outlined they co-wrote the pilot he's helping them outline like the rest of the mm-hmm. season it sounds like mm-hmm. and stuff and it's gonna is looks like he's heavily involved i think is great uh-huh. um and stuff and yeah i i just really hope that 
Um, the fans are excited. I think they should be. This yeah. is good news. Um, I, I as soon as I saw the news about the Agents of Shield, uh, Monica being involved with this, um, I I immediately texted. Um, and we literally did an episode uh, on this. Um, I texted Brittany of Brit of Brit Smash fame, and like she was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm 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 really excited. The more and more this is. The more and more um, we get more into this, the more and more I'm like getting like really anticipated, really excited for it. And it seems like they they got they got this down because you know this is really easy to do. It it just sounds like that the, they're doing what they should do. They care like mm-hmm. they're they're just they're working together. They're, it's a collaborative experience and stuff. And I, I'm I'm glad too. I'm excited too. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, moving on to new stories from this week. Um, we got a trailer for Titane, um, winner of the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival this year. The synopsis for the film reads, following a series of unexplained crimes, a father is reunited with the son who has been missing for 10 years. Directed by Raw director Julia Cornu uh, and starring Agatha Rosuli, uh, Michael Linden, uh, Garst, uh, Granis Marieller, who starred as the lead and director previous from Raw, and La Samiank. Uh, the film's release date is currently unknown, but it will be distributed um, by Neon, who distributed the Best Picture winner, Parasite, back in 2019. Jamie, what are your thoughts on this trailer? Because this trailer is freaking weird. It's very weird. Um, I have no idea what's happening in this trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very strange. Um, it, I don't know. Like it, it was just a very weird trailer. Um, what do you think? I, I, can't really say, like, I don't know what else to say. I I went um so after I saw this trailer, I literally had to go search up a review for this because this is premiering currently at Cannes right now. And I like, mm-hmm. okay, uh, what the hell is this movie about? And I had to kind of go through this movie and like apparently like the scenes that we do see like in the garage and stuff with the cars and stuff. Um apparently it's set in like a fast so you know how in the fast and furious movies you always see like girl girls with like very skimpy shorts and stuff. Mm-hmm. yeah there's a similar sequence to that but it's but it's like i saw like, that like the girl near the cars and stuff like <laughs> and stuff yeah. yeah as for everything else i don't know how <sighs> there's certain things like it feels like very like i feel like they're all supposed to be connected stories but it feels like there's like a like different stuff going on from what i'm able to gather it seems like there's two storylines running together and so yeah so I, I have a feeling it's probably going to connect, but it's it's weird. I'm I'm so for I, I need to see another trailer for this, but mm-hmm. either way, I'm really excited. I did not okay. I didn't get around to seeing the director's previous movie. I meant to see it, but it fell off my radar a little bit. But it's really it's a really interesting movie. It's like this uh, veterinarian who kind of gets like uh, obsessed with like consuming meat, specifically human flesh, and just it you know it, it's really interesting. It just I. I yeah yeah but yeah no this this one kind and like Spike and like Spike Lee who's like a grand jury judge over there right now um he was so excited for this movie that he accidentally like spoiled it <laughs> well not not like spoiled the movie but like spoiled who won oh so that's funny so yeah no I'm I'm really curious about this one and just yeah no this, this one sounds interesting and yeah Anyways, moving on to our next topic. Exclusive from Deadline reports that Lionsgate has acquired the worldwide rights to Kevin Smith's Clerks 3, which is 
in pre-production in New Jersey, along with Kevin Brain directing the film, we'll see the return of Jeff Anderson as Randall, Brian Holloran as Dante, Jay Muse, it was Jason Muse as Jay, uh, Smith as Silent Bob, and Rosario Dawson as Becky, who uh, was the manager slash wife of um, Dante and Kirks 2. Uh, with the premise being that following a massive heart attack, Randall enlists Dante, Elias, Jay, and Santa Bob to make a movie immortalizing his life at the convenience store that started it all. Kevin said in a statement, there is a saying from the towel that goes like, to be great is to go on. To go on is to go far. To go far is to return. Thanks to Lionsgate, we get to return where it all started with almost the whole cast that started it all. And for the first time since the first um, since the first time we ever made a movie in 1993, we are shooting the entire flick on location in New Jersey as an ode to both the enduring allure of cinema and the resourcefulness and lunacy of its storytellers. Years ago, Dante Randall made me a filmmaker, so now... It's time I return to favor. Clark's three is set to start production next month. I'm very happy about this. I know you are. I know you are. I, I if you haven't noticed, I'm a very big fan of Kevin Swift. I even um, during some of the time we went off, I even went down to um, New York and ultimately to New Jersey and went down to the promised land of the Quick Stop and the mm-hmm. Secret Stash, which is the comic book store that he owns. And I just yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited. Just, I, I, and to be honest, I never thought we would get a Clerks story, uh, mainly because mm-hmm. the guy who plays Jeff Anderson, he's not, um, like, he's not really an actor by trade. He kind of actually retired for a bit, and it was actually mm-hmm. trying to really, it was actually really hard trying to get him for Clerks too. And then the whole thing involving Weinstein happened, and just, you know, it was all, it was always up to the guys for years. But it just, uh, I'm, I'm just happy. Just. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just happy to see our boys again. And I love the premise, which kind of references his heart attack. He can't be using that heart attack thing for the longest time. Literally, like literally, he will be. Be like, I almost died. And I almost it, died. It, it, it had a big impact on him. Like if you follow him on social media, um, especially like because I did at the time, he he mm-hmm. it really changed his whole life. So. Yeah, no, he's like getting yeah, no, he's he's an inspiration. Yeah. No, it, it's really cool. I like I love Kevin Smith too. I think this is awesome. It's great that they got the backing and they're gonna be able to go ahead and do all this. And um it's cool that they're able to shoot shoot on location and stuff. And I think Kevin posted something on Instagram not that long ago. Yeah, um, they saw about how he excited and, he is about it. Yeah, he did, and he was like, Lions gave us Lions Gate gave us more money because <laughs> it's almost his birthday, and like they gave me the one birthday gift of all. More money. <laughs> and honestly, he deserves it. But yeah. Yeah. Kevin's yeah. funny. Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's awesome. Anyway, moving on to our next topic. And a topic that I think Kevin would pretty much enjoy. An exclusive from Deadline reports that Warner Bros. executives are expecting are expecting to test a group of actors for the upcoming HBO Max exclusive. And I'm calling it that because it is meant to be an issue. It's set to like be directly to HBO Max. Uh Batgirl for which um bad boys. Real Life Helmers LD, Adriel El Abiri, and Bilal Fial will direct will direct from a script from Christina Hodson. As for the actresses being tested for the role, we have Dora and Transformers in the Last Night, um, Isabel Merced in the Heights is Leslie Grace, and Vampire Academy's Joey Desuch. So what are your thoughts on this, Jamie? Um, I'm excited for the, this is the show, right? Uh, this, is the, this is the movie. A movie? Okay. I'm excited for this. Um, I don't know who I want to be 
Batgirl, to be honest. Hmm. Um, my honestly, like, I feel like Leslie Grace would not be my first choice. Hmm. Um, I don't know why. Nothing against her, but like, I just don't get that vibe from her. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm excited for this though. It, it should be cool. Um, it's cool that they're testing. It's a little weird that they announced like who who's testing. Like, I thought that I'm, was a little weird that they like just flat out kind of announced it. But... I mean, I imagine that this is the final. The, the this is the final. Like, this list. is their final group. This is their final group, and they're gonna probably choose one of these. Okay. Okay. One of these actresses. My money is probably gonna be on on um, Isabel Merced. Okay. Um. Just because I think that she's probably young enough and probably has the experience and stuff, um, yeah. to like go through like they, they probably want multiple like probably multiple of these movies. Yeah. So yeah, that that's probably the case. Uh, also, one person that was also mentioned, um, I didn't include her in the list, but um, mainly because I think she backed out was Haley Lou Richardson. Yeah, yeah, I remember there was a girl that backed out when I was reading the initial article. So yeah, no, but yeah, no, this is. This is gonna be interesting. I'm just curious about how this is gonna work out. I know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Anyway, moving on to our probably our last news item for the day. Um, exclusive from Deadline reports that Basim Tariq, best known for directing the, the Riz Ahmed film Mogul Mogli, which is actually set to be released on September 3rd here in the US, is a toxic direct Marvel Studios Blade reboot <laughs> uh, with Marshall Ali at the start t- as the titular character and the script to be written by HBO Watchmen writer Stacey O.C. Koroff. According to the exclusive MCU producer and overlord <laughs> Kevin Feige, Ali and executives have been meeting with dozens of candidates going all the way back to the fall at one point considering writing directs director options before ultimately separating the two and tapping a seat to pen the script. Since her hiring Marvel shortened its list of potential of possible director choices and started another round of meetings that uh, that started in March and went through June, those that made the final cut met and delivered their final presentation over that time. And in the end, it was Tariq's vision that won uh, all parties over. Tariq will mark the sixth person of color to direct the movie from Marvel, Ryan Coogler from Black Panther, Chloe's out for Eternals, uh, Destin Daniel Crean for Song Sheen, Listen to Rains, Taika Waititi for Thor Ragnarok of Thor, Love and Thunder, and Nia DaCosta from the Marvels. So what are your thoughts on this, Jamie? Um, I think this is pretty cool. Um, I know you're super excited about Blade. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I think this is awesome. Um, I, I think Kevin Feige knows what he's doing, and he knows how to pick people who know what they're doing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what else to say, but it should be cool. That's awesome. What do you yeah. think? Uh, since this news draw, I watched the trailer for Mongol Mogli. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminded me of Sound of Metal a bit, just in terms of the movie. But I dug it for the I dug it for the most part, and I do think he's a pretty solid director. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I'm 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 in I'm in I'm in. I think they I again they got you know they're they're definitely looking for representation behind the camera, which is always nice. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. And, and I and you're right, Feige knows what they're doing and stuff. And yeah, no, I'm. I'm in. I'm in for this one. I can't. I honestly can't. I honestly can't wait to see what this team produces and stuff. And yeah. Me too. Anyways, more on the recommendations for this week. Um, so I saw this movie called an um animacy. And here's a backstory with them. The film was actually made back made in 2013 and he even had a small festival run before being shelved. Then the director uh Brandon Sherling had it hit with the Velocipaster, which 
if you've not seen, it's one of those so bad, it's good movies, but yeah, it was made like on a very shoestring budget, and it's kind of more of a spoof, if anything. Um, however, as for animosity, this was very much straight, uh, straight laced horror, takes you some major inspiration from like Roseberry's baby before delving into something wholly unique. Um, after performances, I definitely want to give props to Tracy Willett, who plays mainly Carrie, who, along with her husband, played by Mars. Sam Pilsui moves into a new house in the woods, and that's all I'm probably going to say in terms of spoilers, because this thing gets pretty twisty towards the middle half, and like, oh boy. Um, if I had any issues with the movie, I definitely feel like the movie could have been cut like about five or ten minutes, as well as conclude on something that happens in the beginning. It's, there's also some sound editing and stuff, but then again, this is a first, this is a low-budget first movie, so I'm willing to give that a pass. Overall, mm-hmm. I dug this one. If you've liked The Philosopher Pastor, then I would definitely seek this out. Keep in mind, though, they're the tones of both movies are not the same. Like the last passage is again more of a spoof. Rather, um, this one's definitely more like straightforward horror. So definitely recommend checking that out. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Anyways, you wanna you wanna gush about Sense8? Okay. So I recently rewatched Sense8. I don't know what what possessed me to do this, but I saw it pop up on Netflix again. I don't know why it was just there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I haven't watched this in a while. Mm-hmm. went down a huge rabbit hole for like two or three weeks what just like watching it mm-hmm. uh, it's still so freaking good and i'm mm-hmm. so so mad that we didn't get a third season at least um yeah yeah i love uh, everybody and like i really do and that yes that includes will i know like he's not normally like people are like why are you choosing the white guy as like one guy that you really like out of all this like awesome like more diverse cast because it is like it's insane how the like how awesome this is, but um, mm-hmm. I think I just like the writing for Will and how they um, have approached it, especially in the second season. Um, yeah, especially second season. Yeah, but it was just I forgot how good the show was. It was so much fun rewatching it. Um, just mm-hmm. like the chemistry between all of them is off the charts. Mm-hmm. Like they just gel so well together. Um, and yeah, it just. I just went through a little bit of like a rabbit hole just watching it and realizing how much I loved and wish we had more time with everybody. Yeah. And I mean, as much as I'm going to like shit on Netflix for like canceling it, I understand why it is. It was a very expensive show. It was. And a show that they they literally went to different countries and had and traveled to different countries and mm-hmm. brought the and brought the same crew for different countries. And I imagine that was, or rather, no, they didn't use, do they use the same crew or they use different crews? See, that's the thing is I don't know because we know that they went to different countries where all the characters were mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, so that means if they use the same crew, they'd have to fly each crew out to each place from all the stuff that's there on location, mm-hmm. fly out all the characters and all the people who are supposed to be there. Like, it's gotta be hard to do like it's yeah. not easy but if they have different crews that's even more expensive because then you're hiring people at each uh, each place yeah so it's just like i don't know i don't know man. i would love to know more about like the filming of this because i think like, there was a documentary i remember there's a documentary release i think in between season one and season two that kind of delve into it a bit more and i'm trying to honestly remember because i'd be fascinated to learn how they filmed this because like since they filmed on location in all these places. Because, yeah, and they filmed um, on location as opposed to using, like, sound stages and stuff, which is, I would imagine, probably mighty times expensive. Yeah. And just, like, yeah. 
for real it's just it's 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 very uh yeah i don't know i would love to learn more about just the filmmaking of this in in general Mm -hmm. because like there's a lot that is super interesting to me in regards to that aspect yeah and i yeah and i yeah and i yeah and again just i get why and i mean i'm i am happy that we kind of got a serenity like conclusion to it yeah as opposed to just not getting a conclusion at all because that has happened to multiple shows but at, I do at least we did get that movie finale mm. thing yeah. that was nice yeah but I would have also preferred like one after season but then again also there are certain things in that particular season or particular thing that I don't know if the Wachowskis and uh, J. Michael Stravinsky would have been ready to deal I imagine they probably would have been like for example Me Too would probably have to be addressed especially with Leto yeah yeah and just there's a it's interesting that because like as because uh, when this movie took place and stuff like when they were filming and all of that there's a lot of stuff that was starting to bubble up that mm-hmm. I feel like they would have wanted that like mm-hmm. they probably couldn't straight out ignore because mm-hmm. since they dealt with so many different things um, mm-hmm. and they had so many different kinds of characters on that show um, mm-hmm. yeah I don't know it would have been interesting but um yeah, but it just like I just rewatched it and just really appreciated it and like mm-hmm. it was so it was so nice. Yeah, it was like one of the first shows that I just I really just became a, just a fan of, just a fan of it literally overnight, and I just I loved it, and I just mm-hmm. I love these characters, and yeah, and also just the Wachowskis are amazing. And by the way, why do we not have a Matrix Four trailer? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, I we're six months out, people. Six months out. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get, get one soon. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, I, and also like the actors that play Wolfgang, Will, Daniela, Caffius, um, second one, not the first one, uh, Caffius, and I think a few other people are going to be in the movie. So mm-hmm. I just, ah, I, I need know. this now. I'm I sorry. Know. I need this now. Yeah. And I, I, I know it's, <laughs> You know i i'm it's funny because like you're right there's six months out and we haven't even gotten a trailer which is weird mm-hmm. i thought it was weird with spider-man but now we know why it was spider-man because there's yeah. stuff there's stuff coming up but like mm-hmm. matrix they don't really have that excuse so we're like what's going on yeah i mean are you, are you gonna push it out here because i um are you gonna push it out here i feel you... like i feel like if we'll probably get an announcement if they are going to do that soon they'd have to like mm-hmm. say something if they are but i yeah. don't know yeah anyways i think that does it for our show this week yeah so please feel free to follow us on all our social media pages we're on twitter at convo with two geeks we're on facebook and instagram at conversation with two geeks and also, if you feel like emailing us about anything from this episode or previous episodes, we are at conversationwith2geeks at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys, and we will have a link to this in our show notes. Anyways, take care, everyone, and see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.